Welcome to Your Pursuit of Happiness, the podcast for people working in the Irish fintech and financial services industry. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to our podcast, Your Pursuit of Happiness. I'm Laura. I'm Paul. Today, we're delighted to have Adam Hankin from Wagestream join us. You're very welcome, Adam. Thank you very much for Thank joining us. Thank you for us. having me on. Didn't have too far to come. No, just up four <laughs> floors. That was it, yeah. Excellent. Adam, I'm going to jump straight in. Can you tell us a little bit about you and Wagestream, please? A bit about me. I'm in Ireland 15 years, despite the accent. Um, <laughs> I was hijacked 15 years ago. I've done a few things um, in a few different industries, but I've kind of got a bit of a passion for disruption. And uh, so the last 10 years of my life, I've kind of been involved in disrupting the real estate photography scene, marketing for SMEs, maybe business SME lending um, with peer-to-peer rather than the banks. And then uh, more recently here with Waystream that I've just started probably, it's coming on nearly a year now that I, that I, mm. that I started right. this and launched it in Ireland. Hmm. What's disruption? Disruption is just taking the traditional form of how we know it and turning it on its head. Because mm. you hear a lot about disruption, and like we do a lot in blockchain as well, and it's one of those words that when I hear it, I kind of go, really? You know, because sometimes it's disruption and you're calling it disruption for the sake of it because it's sort of cool and trendy. Do you know, what, what makes disruption real? It has to do, as it says, it has to actually disrupt. Yeah. Like if I'm talking about the current role with wage stream, yeah. you know, for a hundred years, well, a hundred years ago, you would have been paid every week mm. and you finished your week's work and you queued up and you got paid in cash. A mm. hundred years later, we now get paid monthly. Yeah. And if you think of anything in your lifetime that's got a hundred, in a hundred years, it's got four times slower, mm. I will buy anybody a pint. Because it is impossible to think of something that's got four times slower in 100 years. We have found every single way to make everything more instant, more mm. on demand. Yeah. And pay has never been touched. And in fact, it's regressed. So in this instant, I'm going to turn on its head and say that you can get paid whenever you want. And that is real disruption when you're in a monthly pay cycle. So in, in terms of wage stream, what do you guys actually do and how does it work? So we give employees the ability to pay themselves whenever they want. Um, the reason for this is A, it puts them in more control, but B, most employees do not have a rainy day fund set aside. Mm-hmm. You know, the cost of living has got to that extent now yeah. where most people, I think it's 55% of people, are living month to month. You know, they can't afford a 250 euro unplanned expense at the end of a pay cycle. So if the car breaks down or the washing machine goes, you know, what options do people have? And they generally have to go towards overdrafts, credit cards, or the, the worst case scenario, kind of a payday or short-term mm-hmm. high interest loan. And we just think, why should you have to do that when you have earned that money? Mm-hmm. You know, 20 days into the month, you've worked 20 days. You've yeah. given your business an interest-free loan, so to speak. So sure. why put yourself into a cycle of debt when an unplanned expense comes up? You should be able to access your own wages. Uh, and so that, that's the crux of what you guys do, right? Yeah. You can access what you've earned before your scheduled kind of payday or pay cycle, essentially. A portion of it. So, um, you know, we're, we're charity-backed. We actually report to a bunch of charities in terms of how we are stopping people from accessing things like payday loans and things mm. like that. So um, part of it, you know, our one of our goals is 
know, to improve people's financial well-being, the other one being to eradicate payday loans, and the other one is to kind of end overdraft fees. But in terms of improving people's financial well-being and where we see that, um, you know, businesses are looking at well-being and financial well-being is kind of being forgotten about. And, yeah. and, and bringing financial well-being to the fore just brings so many benefits to both the employee and the business. Okay. Sure. It sounds amazing for, for employees. What, what are the benefits for employers and does it have a negative impact on their cash flow? So the great thing about this has no impact on the cash flow. Wastream okay. actually fronts all of the streamed income. So if an employee decides to stream income in the month, they go into their app, which is in the pocket available to them 24-7, and they can see a portion of what they've earned. So that was where I was leading with that point beforehand. I kind of went off on a tangent. But, uh, <laughs> like tangents. Know, tangents yeah. Tangents yeah. yeah we, I, I, I thought I recovered well, but obviously not. <laughs> yeah, we, we give employees access to 50% of their earned income, mm. you know, up to 50%, and that's to make sure that they don't get themselves into financial difficulty. Yeah. Um, but that comes if an employee goes into the app and they can see what they've earned when they click to stream that income it comes from wage streams bank account not from the actual employee's bank account so it doesn't affect the the cash flow for the business at all the other benefits to the business you know if you speak to most businesses these days in this world of nearly full employment you know their biggest problems are retention and recruitment of staff Yeah, sure. um, if you have this benefit where you feel in control of your finances, you can access money whenever you need it, you know, you're not going to move to another company that doesn't have it. So yeah. the retention gain is huge. We're yeah. seeing up to 40%. You know, we'd almost guarantee businesses that they'll see a 10% reduction in staff yeah. turnover. Sure. Um, likewise, in the recruitment sense, if you've got two jobs side by side and one of them pays monthly and one of them pays whenever you want, which one are you going to apply to? You know, yeah. So you'll see a massive uplift in that. The third piece, which was kind of probably the most surprising and you know actually one of the most important pieces to businesses, is a productivity gain. Mm. Now this is more so in the world of shift work, so hospitality, retail, manufacturing, yeah. you know, security, that kind of thing. But in that world, you could work a shift on Thursday and get paid on the Friday if you wanted. So people can now see this relationship back between work equals reward. Mm-hmm. There's probably been lost since, you know, in the school holidays you're washing cars or yeah. mowing lawns or whatever. And and now people can actually see that, look, you know, they might have paid a rent this week and they go, I can't go out this weekend because of that. But they could work an additional shift and do it. So now people can see that and are, are changing, you know, they take control of their own finances. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, in that part of it, you know, we see probably about a 22% uplift in that. And that's actually data proven because we will tie in and do tech integrations with the time and attendance software providers. Yeah. So we can we pull the information from them. So when you finish the shift, it updates in your app. So you know an employee actually sees, I've worked that shift and now I know how much I've earned. And it's yeah. almost like, it, you know, they're not getting the cash, but it feels like they've just been told that's what they've earned, mm. which has kind of been a, an idea that's been lost in this kind of pay cycle, whether it's weekly or monthly. Yeah. Um, so that is brought back to the fore. Yeah, it's really, well, you showed me the app the other day. It seems really straightforward, like you log in and you just click what you want, essentially. And you click what you want, and the thing that we're not great at talking about is actually, we, we've got a financial education piece in the background, we've, got a, we've just launched a, a savings element to it. Yeah. So we've partnered with MABS, uh, the Money Advice Bureau. <clears throat> um, they 
literally providing us with financial education. So mm. they've got a bunch of financial education articles. We're kind of putting them into more bite-sized content. We're going to house them in app in the next couple of months. Um, we That will be kind of budgeting advice, how to read your pay slip, um, how to get yourself out of negative equity, th- yeah. things like this that people are, are interested in. But using AI, we can then personalize the information that is shown to you. So Paul, if you're great in the month and you never use WageStream at all, yeah. um, you know we'll send you savings advice and maybe pension advice. Yeah. Whereas if I've had a tough month and I've had to use it three or four times in the month, we'd prioritize budgeting advice, how to lower your bills, that type of, yeah. of advice to us. Um, and the next bit is a safe stream, which is essentially, you know we want everyone to have a sidecar savings scheme or a rainy day fund. Yeah. And with the technology that we have, we can easily provision those and that can automatically come out of the payroll. Okay. Um, so you look after Ireland and you mentioned the other day you do a little bit in the UK as well. Yeah. So I, I was doing a bit in the UK and in Ireland, um, mainly Ireland. How's it going in Ireland? What's the take up? Like? So in Ireland, it was a little bit longer for us to get the banking infrastructure sorted because it's yeah. slower over here, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, these transfers in the UK only take four seconds. Yeah. Um, so literally, you go on your app and you click the button, mm. and within four seconds, that money's in your account. You can't even log into your mm. online banking quick enough to beat it. You know, it's there. Mm. Uh, with us, we're, we're governed by you know, batch processing of the banks, so it's three batches per day. So... If it's done in early in the morning, it can be in your account by three o'clock. If it's yeah. um, you know later on, it'll be next day. Yeah, so um, bank, bank cut-offs, basically. Yeah, so that took a, a bit more time. But essentially, we've got five companies signed up. Probably it's going to be available to about 7,000 staff once we've got it yeah. rolled out. Um, we're generally speaking to enterprise-level clients, yeah. um, you know, with 250 to 1,000-plus mm. yeah. employees is, is where it's at. You know, a lot of these businesses actually have you know, well-being departments or you mm. know, a rewards and well-being yeah. consultant, and you know, they are genuinely trying to improve the, yeah. the well-being of staff. Is it compatible with the likes of Revoluts and N26 and all of that? It's compatible with any bank account. Yeah, yeah so you know, it's, all that happens is that you know, if you get paid into a certain account, um, we just have a piece of tech. It's a it's another bank account that sits in between. So the only thing that the the payroll department actually have to do is set up is actually just change the account number they pay into. Yeah. This account's in the employee's name. Yeah. No money sits in it. It just passes through it. But it's kind of a smart ledger account okay. that remembers everything that's happened. So <clears throat> without going too technical, yeah. um, you know, you stream wages in the middle of the month. WageStream from its funds puts it through that middle account that we've set up, that smart ledger account, and it goes into your account. The beauty of this for the business is that when payroll make their payroll, they don't have to make any manual deductions. So the initial reaction of any payroll department is, oh, this is going to be a manual process. We're going to have to manually deduct this for John and for Jenny. And 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 actually, no, they don't. They make their net payments as usual. It hits that middle account and it diverts off the, the amount. So... That's the key thing. It's seamless for payroll departments, you know, so it doesn't affect the, affect the cash flow or the payroll. Mm. Changing direction a little now, you have a sales background. Could you share some sales advice for people trying to acquire new customers for their fintech startups? Yes, for my sins, I've been involved <laughs> in sales for a long, long time and managed plenty of salespeople. Um, I'd say that 
the piece of advice I'd give on this, it's a lost art form. It's just people, I think the world today, there's a lot of people doing you know, presentation training, how to get up there and present to people. And a lot of people think that sales is just talking to people. Um, the key to actually selling is finding out what the customer wants mm-hmm. and actually forgetting about selling. It's about, you know, finding out what a business needs, you know, a good needs analysis of a business. So that should be the majority of the sales process should actually be sitting down and asking about the business and finding out what they want and need. Because frankly, if you don't have something that solves their pain, you know, yeah. you're all wasting your time. You can be the best salesperson in the world, but if you don't solve a problem they have, they're not going to spend any money on it. Um, my experience with hiring salespeople, training salespeople, is too many people get into a role and they find out all about the features and benefits mm-hmm. of that business and sit there, you know, chanting this mm-hmm. all of these are like, key selling points to yeah. a, to a business rather than actually finding out what they need and. Mm-hmm. You will be surprised if you actually take the time to find out what a business needs. You are probably going to be the outlier in terms of they've been pitched to constantly by a bunch mm. of other companies. And you know when somebody comes in and actually wants to know about their business and about how to help their business, you know they'll be a bit more receptive to you. Mm. Why do you think people don't do that as much? I tell you what it is. People think that if you're confident and you can hold a conversation and people like you, you're good at sales. Mm. And it's, sales is an art form. It's like anything. It, it's, it's ridiculous. You know, it's, it's like me thinking that just because I watch football, I'll be good at it. <laughs> you, know, you know, you have to go out and train it and, and you know, read books, you know, try and learn more mm. about sales because it is, it's, it's an art form. Mm-hmm. Like, and, I, and I don't want it to sound as if it's like some you know, black art or something, yeah. you know, and that people are getting hoodwinked. But, you know, it, it isn't hard, but people forget certain elements, like you've got two ears and one mouth using yeah. that order, you know. And, <laughs> and, <laughs> you know and, and just because you are friendly and, you, you know, you can open doors and that will only get you so far. Mm. But even just the basics, like if I asked you two, what is the most annoying thing that ever happens to you when you're getting sold to? Yeah. And let's say you even want to buy. Yeah. What's, what's the annoying thing that happens to you? For me, it's someone overselling, mm. being too pushy. I can't yeah. stand it. Yeah. So that only happens generally if they've got a rubbish product and they have to try and oversell it. <laughs> the thing that really annoys me the most and the thing that is unforgivable is that when I actually want to buy something and somebody doesn't call me back, and chase oh, me yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, 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 well, I, well, I should never, as a purchaser, have to ring somebody up and say, hi, I actually want to buy that. <laughs> you know? And I will sit there deliberately not ringing people back and I, you will be surprised yeah. at how many people and I actually want to buy from them. I go, no, that is actually the best price and probably yeah. what I want. And it pains me sometimes to actually ring them up and give them the business because they haven't been bothered to ring me back. We, we, had, um, we had two experiences recently, actually. So one was our, our recruitment database and we were under a bit of time pressure because we were looking at switching. There's a 90-day clause or whatever to terminate your contract. Um, and I pretty much identified who I wanted to go with and there was a call and then there was a second call and then there was a scoping call to see how much it would cost to transfer data and all that stuff. And I told your man on the scoping call, I said, look, we have 10 days to make a decision on this. I need to know the cost up front. I chased them four days after he said he'd send mm. it on to me. And then I got an email off the guy on Sunday and it's too late. Yeah. 
like literally said like the business is yours all I need is an email and an idea of costs and then the other one was we, we um, switched to electric or an electric car earlier on this year the difficulty mm. in giving someone in a car dealership money is horrendous yeah it's just insane absolutely insane and I, I could, we sold the car ourselves to yeah. ourselves yeah yeah we literally <laughs> walked in and said like this is what I want we want <laughs> just need to know how much you're going to give us for a trade in like that's that's everything Crazy. I know, and I, I love being sold to by somebody that actually understands what they're doing. <laughs> and it, nothing frustrates it's me not more. Often, no. but that's, that's the thing. It, it, you know, as I say, it's a lost art form yeah. That, yeah. Um, that just doesn't seem to be getting taught properly in, in businesses. Yeah. And like, we talk about this a lot actually in, in our own business because we're, we're kind of in, in a strange position where it's a two sided marketplace where we have clients and we have job seekers. But for us, it's all about the uh, making sure that we're as responsive as we can. And that simple thing of if you say you're going to do something, yeah. you do it. Yeah. You know, even under-promise and over-deliver is better than the other way around. Yeah. yeah. You know, we'll have it for you in two days. If you have it for you in one day, happy days. But then you're seen as the hero. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, absolutely. I'm, I'm completely with you on all these things. Um, and, and so with, with sales, we talked about this very briefly the other day um, on the kind of rise of social selling and all of that. Like... I think it's a more complex process and people have changed a little bit um, in some ways. If you were starting out in your sales career or you know, you, you've done it a few years and you, you, you enjoy it and you want to kick on, what advice would you give to someone to, to kind of, I don't know, stay ahead of the game or get to the top of their game? So it, it depends on the industry as well. Mm. You know, the, I've you know, worked in businesses that you know, really do require face-to-face -face selling. Some it's a telesales operation. Yeah. You know, so there are different elements to it. But sure. my recent experience, you know, especially with enterprise level sales is get out from away from that computer mm. and mm. get out and meet people. Yeah. Um, I had a really interesting experience of the week. <clears throat> we met with um, one of the VCs who invested in, in Waystream. And... We were chatting with him just about the different people that he could introduce us to. And we're talking about, you know, proper C-suite, you know, heads of, you know, yeah. people like the BBC and stuff like this, you know. It was like a really, really good chat. And one thing that struck me was that there's no real fine art to this. Obviously, he's done exceedingly well to get to where he is. But mm. when it comes to opening doors, it's all about who you know. And he, he was able to just list off a bunch of people and go, I know him, I'm, I share a board with him, I'm, I know this lady, she's, you know, she's on that board, but we've got a, a mutual interest here, mm -hmm. or somebody else was on the same charity board as him. And it was just a case of acquaintances. And there's nothing, I've never experienced anything better than actually going to networking events yeah. and meeting people in the same space yeah. going with them with absolutely zero intention of getting anything and that is important you know you shouldn't be looking at these events going what am I going to get out of it yeah. Yeah. go to them to meet people yeah. and you know I think Ireland's great for this especially mm. Dublin you know like yeah. everybody knows everybody and everybody really wants to help each other out yeah. um, you know so you get yourself into into these things and, and you will meet people and Look, it might not happen overnight, but as time goes on, you know, there will be opportunity yeah. from it, whether it's in your current business, in future business, whether it's a job opportunity in the future. Yeah. You know, I'm a, I'm a big advocate of networking. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. 
Uh, I don't think there's ever been a networking event that we've gone to where something hasn't yeah. materialized in the longer term. As yeah. I said, it doesn't doesn't happen right away. But there's nothing more powerful than the face-to-face contact. Personal connection, yeah. And the other thing is just good old-fashioned hard work. Yeah. You know, there's this yeah. <laughs> You know, like I, I know plenty of people who are happy to get away with the day doing as little as possible. Mm. But if... If you're doing as little as possible, you've got somebody else out there that's yeah. working hard trying to yeah. build their business. Yeah. And, you know, competition will always arise. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. You know, like we can see it in the UK. There's all, we were the first people in Europe to do this. Yeah. There's now five other players in the market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and they're looking to eat your lunch as well. They are absolutely looking to eat our lunch and dinner. Mm. You know, they are looking for the whole lot. And <laughs> if we're not on it, yeah. You know, they they will be trying. You know, mm. luckily for us, we've got an absolute killer tech team that are able mm. to, you know, our tech is unrivaled. Um, you know, I genuinely, you know, believe we have the best product out mm. there. But you know, having the best product out there and nobody knowing about it is yeah. is even more criminal. Mm-hmm. You know, that's even more criminal. So, you know, you need to get out there and make sure people understand it. Definitely. Adam, if people want to connect with you or learn more about WageStream in Ireland, what should they do next? Um, so WageStream.ie is the website. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Um, if you can put up with me, it's Adam Hankin. <laughs> uh, I'm just so look, hunt me out on, on LinkedIn or it's Adam at WageStream.ie. Great. Thank you very much. Thanks, Amy. Thanks, Adam. Thanks for joining us today on Your Pursuit of Happiness the podcast for people working in the Irish fintech and financial services industry. For show notes and other goodies, go to www.toptierrecruitment.com forward slash podcast. That's toptierrecruitment.com forward slash podcast. Remember to subscribe and feel free to rate and review the show. We appreciate your support. See you next time.